You're listening to Conversations with Dundalk Toastmasters. If you would like to find out more about when we meet and what we do, call us at the station on 93 or visit our website, dundalktoastmasters.com. The Dundalk Toastmasters, we can help you improve your public speaking. You are listening to Dundalk Toastmasters radio show in association with Dundalk FM Community Radio. We were speaking about business and enterprise and we mentioned Michael O'Leary rolling out the red carpet. But in the last few days, I noticed that the red carpet is being prepared in Los Angeles for the 2014 Oscars. And there have been quite a number of Irish nominations and it is great to see it for, for, for an industry that is so small in this country relative to, to, to the rest of the world. Have you any favourite artists or who you'd like to see or get nominated and winning Best Actor or any nominations you would suggest? Mark? Yeah, Brendan, I, I was looking uh, at the, the nominations which were announced there recently. Um, as you say, quite a number of Irish interests. You two, of course, nominated for the best song in the, in the Mandela f- film Long Walk to Freedom, which would be interesting. Of course, they won the Golden Globe for that there recently as well. Uh, Michael Fassbender, growing up in Fassa in County Kerry, uh, nominated in the Best Supporting Actor uh, category for 12 Years a Slave, so that should be an interesting one to watch. Uh, of course, another film with great Irish interest is, is Philip and Philomena, I went to see that myself here in the cinema in Dundalk recently and um, was really moved by it. I mean, it's an amazing film. The story, I'm sure, resonates with quite a lot of people out there in, growing up in the, in the 40s and 50s and so on. But uh, Judy Dench, of course, brilliant actress, nominated for the Best Act- Actress Award for that. Uh, best Picture, Philomena itself is in for a Best Picture and a couple of other ones. So it'll be an interesting uh, Oscar season, I think, for Irish, you know, films with an Irish interest. But uh, on top of that, um, another interesting uh, dimension to it is Martin Scorsese, of course, 71 years of age and again in the in the Best Director category I think he's only won one Oscar so far, but you know, he's he's been in, involved with so many good films, Raging Bull you know, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas so on, the, the list goes on and on, so it'd be interesting to see how he gets on and uh, uh, Meryl Streep of course, uh, you know, who's the most nominated of anybody, again, nominated for the 18th time this year, I think, so uh, for, for August, o- Osage County, uh, I think is the name of the film so be interesting to see how she get on so yeah an, an interesting year coming up I, I, I think um, uh, I'd like to see some of the Irish connections or Irish interests doing well and uh, hopefully they will so yeah good it's I was listening to um, radio during the week and another English Irish actor Jeremy Irons you may have heard him being interviewed he's been nominated for an Oscar on a number of occasions but has, has never quite achieved it and another actor is uh, Peter O'Toole who, who died recently there as well so it was a pity that he didn't get them Colleen you would like to see one or two people nominated now, just going back to Jeremy Irons as far as I know he, he's married to one of the Cusacks and he uh, always thought that he had Irish blood in him but when they did uh, Do You Know Who You Are that programme they yes. discovered that he hasn't any Irish blood at all even <laughs> though he has bought a house down in Cork and that, and he was devastated he always wanted to have 
some Irish blood, but unfortunately... Well, well hopefully he has an Irish passport. Hopefully he has an Irish well, passport. Uh, the yes. honorary, he's made an honorary Corkman there recently, so that's gonna, he, at least he feels Irish now anyway. <laughs> that's true, yes. <laughs> yes, and he, he would portray himself as being a, an, an ambassador for, for Ireland, and certainly when he, when he goes abroad, or he certainly portrays that Irish image and, and, and carries it very well. And Mark, you have outlined that he has become um, a freeman of Cork, and um, I would be interested to note if if there was you could nominate someone or the freedom of Dundalk, who would you like to nominate that person, or who would that person be, Colleen? Well, one of the people that comes to mind would be a man called Pierce Lines. Uh, he was he's was born here in Dundalk, as far as I know, and his father worked in the ESB, and he is very big into the brewing industry and he's now at the moment I think he's specializing in those you know local brews and those local brews I think then has brought the connection back to Harp where Harp is now uh, talking about Harp Harp has left the Harp building so to speak and that they're talking about bringing back local brews into that area yeah again. and he's, he's also involved Colin in um, in the equine horse world and he was responsible for bringing the world equestrian games to, to Europe this year and yes. they were a major, which, major sponsor of that event. Yeah, which won't do horseware here any harm either, because he is very keen on, on his Dundalk heritage, so I would like to see that continuing. John, have you anyone you would like to nominate as the Freedom of, of Dundalk, or maybe you would put yourself forward for that role, if, if that could be done? <laughs> I don't think so, uh, Brendan, but Pierce Lyons, yeah, I know the Lyons family, and yes, the... Um, Pierce set up a company manufacturing a product called Alltech and moved it to the States and it's been very, very, very successful and he's uh, gone into the brewing uh, business. I heard a little story and I don't know how true it is, but you hear these stories, that uh, Pierce manufactured some beer and they, it was being made down in, I think it was Kilkenny, but the beer wasn't doing very well. And they found out that there was the proof that it was, I don't know, was it 40% or something like that. So one bottle of beer, you were on your ear, whereas to make uh, money in that business, you need to be drinking five or six bottles in the evening. But uh, yes, he's gone into, I think, spirits, the making or distilling spirits now, and he has a connection with the harp. And that's nice to see that coming back to Dundalk. Uh, another man that I admire greatly and, and w would be one that I put forward for uh, a Dundalk man or a the freedom of the town or freedom of, of County Louth would be Martin Nocton. And Martin Nocton's uh, in the ele electrical industry and has uh, set up quite a number of uh, factories throughout China uh, and manufacturing product and bringing it in to the Irish market and to the UK market. And I believe they have a research and development uh, company in Dunlear and they're coming up with some uh, fantastic uh, new product in the heating. Uh, I don't know very much about it yet but uh, in the heating industry revolutionising uh, the oil fill ra radiator and the convector heater. So he's a man who's who has done a lot of work and uh, I would, I'd be proud to nominate him as a uh, man for Dundalk. Well, it's good to see we have we have plenty of nominees in the category for f the Freeman of Dundalk. Moving on to a slightly different subject and uh, content, 
and that is we have a text um, from from uh, Tom here and just to read you out the text Tom just wants to know do you have to join as a member of Toastmasters straight away or can he come to one or two meetings Colleen you just might um, tell us what happens yes, at a meeting when, when a new person <laughs> comes to the first meeting well Toastmasters would pride itself on its welcome to the guests and we would encourage people to come for one or two meetings before they join up to make sure that they understood what Toastmasters was about and if it was for them. We don't put any pressure on people to join nor do we put any pressure on people who join to speak. It would seem strange but what we want to do is make them feel comfortable first and then they will feel and have a feeling easier to speak because the biggest problem is speaking in public and you stand up and you don't know whether you will lose your voice altogether and or stumble on words and what we do is we introduce them gradually if they wish to speak immediately we will certainly welcome that but if they don't we can allow them to take their time and develop some people it's months before they ever say anything but they're very comfortable with it once they're comfortable yes and one of those techniques that Toastmasters use to help people to develop their communication skills is by the means of reciting a poem where it gives people the first opportunity to get up there in front of an audience and they can recite a poem of their some of their favorite um, poems or, or poets John you have a poem that you would like to recite for us today I have Brendan and yes you're you're right uh, it's a nice way to uh, to get into public speaking by uh, reciting a poem because lots of us when we were at school um, learned poetry and maybe didn't like it that much and uh, again were maybe afraid to stand up in front of the class and recite a poem uh, even though they had learned it off by heart uh, the poem I, I want to read for you today is a, a poem by uh, He's actually a customer of mine, uh, Seamus O'Hara, and he's over in the west of Ireland, and he writes very, very good poetry. And like a lot of poets, um, doesn't appreciate what the skill that he has. And uh, this is a poem that he actually uh, read out for himself on Midwest Radio, which is an independent radio station over in Mayo. Uh, and it's, again, uh, a little bit on the theme that we spoke about earlier, about the local shops and it's called uh, a, lo a shop local drive local shops are now closing now why should that be a problem caused mostly by you and me if a product you need you check first you see and inquire if it's stocked in a shop locally looking back through the years say 20 or more before the building boom or the tigerish roar you give your credit for one month or more your local provider the general store when you get to the checkout no cash can you find you will not be asked to leave the goods behind they know you are honest offer you cash to lend for your local storekeeper is also your friend now that the tiger is no longer alive it's up to us all if we want to survive 
There is only one hope for community life, that's to support a local shop drive. Very well read, John, and, and lovely words and, and, and very reminiscent. Um, lots of us probably haven't read poetry possibly since our college or school days and it's an awful pity even in the modern generation and through social media we seem to have lost that skill and and, and lost that resource Mark do you have any particular or favourite poet for example in this part of the country people would be very familiar with Kavanagh and his works and it's quite ironic it was only after his passing that his works became so well known and renowned that's right Brennan Uh, Kavanagh you know, for for me, I, I like Raglan Road and the Stony Grey Isle of Monaghan, uh, th- those poems. And to be honest, it, it is, you know, going back to my secondary school, you know, days where, where I was, where <laughs> I would have been looking at poetry. So I haven't really taken up poetry or read much poetry since. And I think that's a shame because it is um, a, a lovely thing to do. And th- John read that poem very nicely there for us. And I suppose some of the key messages in that poem, I mean, it brings me, it evokes memories for me of working in a, in a local shop in my uh, youth in Dulik in County Meath, um, where we would have had a book um, and people would have come in and put their groceries and all written it into the book. And it was very much a trust-based system. So it's nice. That, I mean, that for me has evoked some memories there. So, yeah, poetry is a, is a lovely thing. I, I have to confess, um, not something, you know, that I, I spend much time on at the minute. But, you know, I, I think with Toastmasters, and just listening to some of the uh, uh, poems there that you hear at, at the Toastmasters meetings, it, it's certainly awakening the interest in it again for me. So, Colleen, what do you think? Or well, what reminds me of I was at one of my art meetings one time. It was quite a number of years ago, and the local poet Brendan Connolly from down around the Point Road area, I think, he said that he would read a poem by a local artist and he uh, continued on reading the poem and then he said you probably won't know this lady because she lives halfway up Sleeve Gullion and it turned out to be an aunt of mine so it was something (laughs) (laughs) that he wasn't expecting and going on my surname he hadn't connected the two so it was interesting to see so my aunt would have Lord Mercy now but she would have written a lot of poems but would only have been known as a poetess in her own area so I would have connections with drama and poetry and art would be very big in the family in your house in your family just uh, I I think that (coughs) it's very sad that a lot of these poets that are out there that uh, are not recognised and it's not until they have died or passed away that mm-hmm. like Patrick Kavanagh that people appreciate them mm-hmm. and uh, we should uh, maybe that's something we should look at maybe in Toastmasters is to introduce uh, new poets uh, rather than Wordsworth and people who we normally trot out on the night that we look at new poets that are around there and and air some of their, their poetry Yes, that's a good idea Hemingway wrote a six-word story baby shoes for sale never used any other (laughs) moving on Colleen in you mentioned earlier in the the program through your work about school and and through hobbies and that and in relation to um, children nowadays not, not being active and not getting enough exercise for example parents driving them to school um, in our generation we, we walked a little bit to and from school and it was quite safe and nowadays people have to literally be dropped to the front door what's your views on, 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 on that issue 
I can understand the safety reasons from parents' point of view, but I think a lot of the dropping to school is more convenience. The parents are going to work and they drop their child off at the school. However, what I can't understand is why parents break rules of the road in doing that. They double park, they park on double yellow lines, they take their children out of the car on the roadside rather than on the footpath side. Now, I know sometimes the the smaller children can get tied because that's where the car seat is or the uh, booster seat. However, I think that's something for uh, a developer to look at because I think that if there was a bar put across the back seat of the car where the seat, especially a, a child's a baby seat, could be moved from one side of the car to the other. I don't know how it could be done in a safety reason, but I think you'd just unclip it at the bottom and move it over. Then you could bring, always bring your child out on the footpath side of the car. So that's always... I watch this as, I, as I'm as going to school, but it's, it's parents. I wonder then in 10, 15 years' time when those children are in their own cars and break rules of the road, will their parents be saying, why did they do this? Will it be learned behaviour and they'll say, well, you always did it, mammy or daddy, whatever, and you brought us. So I will wonder the necessity you never see a traffic warden around at those times and other people are going to work that aren't dropping off children and why are the roads blocked and surely with the introduction of all the new cycle lanes around Dundalk town in the last year or so surely there should be some incentive by the schools or 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 by by the parents to get their children even to cycle to school now because the, mm. there are cycle lanes there and, and they are safe for people to use they are safe for people to use, but they stop in funny places. Like, there's, there's one cycle lane stops in the middle of the Crescent. Now, where are you going to put... The, the child's going to the friary. So they'd bring their bicycle up on the footpath. And then how did they get across the road? So if cycle lanes were consistent, I could understand. But I have to say, in fairness to all parents, if it was my child, I wouldn't be sending them out on the road. And Mark, you live out in the country. How do you, do you find a similar experience? I know that certainly some of the country schools, I know driving by them at, at two o'clock, you'll see a lot of cars and, and certainly you could have 20 cars lined up along the road waiting to collect their, their child coming maybe from, from, from preschool or from f- first class or baby infants. What's your view or opinion? Mm. My, my opinion on it is, in the countryside certainly, you know, people could travel miles to go to uh, a country school in, in, in the primary um, system. In secondary, people t- tend to get a bus, a school bus, to go to school. So that's less of, less of a problem anyway. In the countryside, children tend to use buses uh, to, get, to get there rather than their parents dropping them off. When, when I was at school in Dulica, the school was a mile and a half from the village. Uh, we would have cycled to school. I mean, that was the, the normal thing. The roads were quite safe. We used to have cycle races actually home from school. It was great crack altogether. But that's, that's from a day gone by. I, I doubt you'd see people doing that now but in, in primary school parking yes uh, at schools I, I see some schools now have et into their front garden to create kind of bus drop off zones and safe parking zones and all that type of thing and that's fine where there's lots of space in the countryside to do that town schools can be a little bit more restricted and I can you know sympathise with parents uh, who are trying to drop their children off maybe in, in bad weather or whatever or smaller children they, they want to get as close as possible but I agree with Colleen they shouldn't do it at the expense of um, you know double parking or you know putting other, other roads 
road users in danger or whatever you know the, ru- the rules are there for everybody and if it means leaving two minutes earlier to go and park somewhere else uh, that's safe that's what they should do you know we all have responsibilities as adults to mind the rules of the road and do the right thing so uh, for me Brendan I would say yes uh, <coughs> you know the parent has to do the right thing for their children but they also have to equally obey the rules of the road Sean you've no you'd never park in a double yellow line would you uh, no I don't have to uh, Brendan and I never did uh, w- my children have grown up now thankfully and uh, I when we used to leave them to school it was usually my wife was driving and she would have dropped them off uh, at the school but it was a case of pulling up dropping off your children and, and driving on uh, I, I see cars like you as I drive around the country parked out sco- outside schools at two o'clock waiting on the children to come out i think that uh why can't the parents just park the car somewhere and walk down and meet the children and meet other parents it's it's a great social thing to meet other parents at the school and maybe meet the teacher and uh, whereas this thing if you pull up at two o'clock kids run out of school jump into the back of the car and they drive off uh, i have a daughter who lives in france and uh, the french ha- school starts at eight o'clock in the morning so children are in school before the uh, offices open so if you're dropping your your child off to school they're there at eight o'clock you have time then to drive to your work Uh, here the schools don't start to nine o'clock so therefore it's a mad rush in and any road user who uses the road at that time of the day it's horrendous and uh, i hear complaints um, from friends of mine who live in Dublin and they said the traffic in Dublin at nine o'clock in the morning is just horrendous and I think they need to start and rethink it through and either open the schools earlier in the morning or the parents have to be a bit more responsible and not double park and park maybe a couple of hundred yards from the school and walk with the children to school. In some countries they actually introduce uh, carpooling where you will have to have a minimum of two, if not three, um, people in the car. So that sort of helps alleviate where you will get priority um, parking closer to the school. So that would be one idea. If we could, it could would it be possible that we could introduce that system or a similar system to, to our schools here? Colleen? Carpooling, I, I have difficulty with. And the reason I have difficulty with carpooling is that what happens the day you're, you're going with your neighbour, but that neighbour's child is not well and is staying at home. And so when you normally park uh, at a certain point, you're no longer able to do that. But you might know that until you're just leaving for school. So you can't always predict when children will not be feeling well. So that has a problem. Also, it may be a case the child, one child has to go home early. And then who's going to take the child home early? Or the person at work has to leave early or stay late. So carpooling has benefits okay, but it also has uh, disadvantages. And those disadvantages leave it that you have to think it out fully before you make a decision like that. Or John, you mentioned the traffic in Dublin. For example, would it be possible to use the taxi lanes or, or bus lanes for, and, and allow Jordan for maybe for that half hour before school and the drop off and then at, at four o'clock or three o'clock to collect? Could you see something like that working? Would that be of benefit, do you think? It's possible, uh, Brendan, but I think uh, bus lanes are bus lanes. And I think if you happen to be a commuter in Dublin uh, and we're all trying to get everybody to use public transport now that if you allow 
the cars into the bus lane thing because uh, then that will slow up the buses people won't use the buses anymore so no i think we we gotta we gotta think about it and i think it's up to the parents uh more so uh to think about dropping your children off uh earlier as you said you know we walk to school we cycle to school so drop your children into school that little bit earlier park up the road don't inconvenience other road users mm-hmm. and uh, i think this subject of of parking and traveling is something we could use on another radio program because there's an awful lot there to be talked about at, at, at least at least kill another hour i'd say yeah <laughs> maybe if we had extra penalty points for it, it might solve the problem yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to conclude that we're drawing close to the end of our show today i would like to thank our i would like to thank our guests colleen john pleasure. and mark you're for very, your you're contributions very welcome brendan and very just to remind you uh toastmasters our next meeting is on this monday night at eight f- sorry at 7 45 in the ferris hotel and as we said earlier new guests are always welcome the next radio program is on february the 8th so don't forget to tune in and listen to us at that for that event and our final piece of music today is by talking heads the famous american group and the song title is as she was until the next time thank you This is Conversations with Dundalk Toastmasters. We meet every first and third Monday in the Fairways Hotel at 8pm. Everyone is welcome.